Answering Mormon's Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson deals with 36 commonly asked questions by your LDS friends and neighbors. It's a great resource for Christians who want to share their faith with friends and loved ones. Be sure to pick up your copy today at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What is a temple recommend, and why is it so important to members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Basically, the question that I open our show with today is a question that we were trying to answer last week, and there's so much more that needs to be discussed on this subject. But last week we introduced a conference message by 15th President Gordon B. Hinckley. Now, at the time that he gave this talk, he was not the president of the church. He gave this talk in April of 1990, and it is found in the May 1990 edition of Ensign Magazine. Now, of course, the Ensign Magazine is no longer. It is now referred to as the Leahona, but still a magazine that twice a year would include the transcript of conference messages, which, of course, are very, very important to Latter-day Saints. The reason why we are focusing on this talk is because he's going to explain the importance of the Temple Recommend how you come about getting one of these, what it stands for, and why Latter-day Saints should revere holding a temple recommend that kind of gives their status within the Mormon church. He's not speaking to the entire church body. He is speaking to the general priesthood. So this is a special meeting just for male priesthood holders within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he starts off by saying, Brethren, I commend to you that which we have heard from those who have spoken to us this evening. And then he goes on to say, I hold before you two credit cards. Most of you are familiar with cards such as these. The first, he says, is a bank credit card. And then he goes on to say that the other card which I have is what we call a temple recommend. It represents a credit card with the Lord making available to me many of his greatest gifts. And of course, he's going to explain why this is so important or should be important to the faithful Latter-day Saint. But then he talks about the defiling of the temple, and he cites from Doctrine and Covenants section 97. Uh, it says, And inasmuch as my people build a house unto me in the name of the Lord, and do not suffer any unclean thing to come into it, that it be not defiled, my glory shall rest upon it. Yea, and my presence shall be there, for I will come into it, and all the pure in heart that shall come into it shall see God. But if it be defiled, I will not come into it, and my glory shall not be there, for I will not come into unholy temples. Now, the question that I asked last week is, given the fact that all human beings have come short of the glory of God and are, in fact, sinful people, 
what does this really mean when it talks about not to suffer any unclean thing to come into a Mormon temple that it be not defiled? It would seem that if all of us are fallen sinners, and especially in Mormonism, that fallenness, that sinfulness can only be rectified by the personal merit of the individual to properly repent of their sins, which means to confess and never to repeat the sin, as well as to keep the commandment, which is emphasized in this talk that Hinckley gave, wouldn't it seem like every Mormon temple is defiled just by the presence of its members? Now, that's a question that I raised last week, and I wanted to find out, well, what do Latter-day Saints think about this word defiled? And we came across an article that was written by a man by the name of Oak Norton, He has a website that's called Scripture Notes, scripturenotes.com. And on his website, he has an article titled, How to Not Defile Your Temple. Now, you might think, well, is he talking about our bodies as our temple, or is he broadening this? And it seems like he does broaden it. He's not just talking about defiling our personal temple, meaning our bodies, but also temples that are owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in this article, under the heading, Don't Defile Your Temple, he says this, My main question is, what kinds of things do the scriptures teach defile us? I want to have a pure temple so God can dwell with me. What are the activities I have to beware of to keep my temple holy? Now, that sounds like he's talking about his personal body. But yet he goes on to give two columns, things that defile us, the land, the temple— And then another column that says, how to stay holy. Now, you would think that if he is going to identify what makes the Latter-day Saint unholy, and that unholy individual goes into a Latter-day Saint temple, that that would then kick in Doctrine and Covenants section 97 that Gordon B. Hinckley was citing. That is, do not suffer any unclean thing to come into it, that it be not defiled. And then we find later on, but if it be defiled, I will not come into it, and my glory shall not be there, for I will not come into unholy temples. The question I asked last week was, well, you go through the temple endowment ceremony, for instance, as a group. Now, maybe you think that you as a Latter-day Saint have your act together and that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and that your sins have been completely covered. But what about other people in the group? Does their lack of purity affect your blessing going through the temple? Since it says here that if something that is defiled goes in there, God's not there. The God of Mormonism doesn't show up. There's a lot of interpretation that has to happen in this list. Uh, For instance, he says adultery, sexual immorality, bestiality. He gives a couple of Bible verses from the Old Testament. How to stay holy, he says? Well, sexual purity. But I notice that we don't have lust in here, for example. What if somebody walks into the temple and they're lusting after somebody else's wife there in the temple? Isn't that going to set apart uh, the defiled person? And yet they're going to go through the ceremony just like everyone else. How about the next one? 
put to death if you defile the Sabbath. And it uses Exodus chapter 31 for its reference. How to stay holy? Keep the Sabbath day holy. But who's doing the interpreting on that? Because maybe somebody thinks they're keeping the Sabbath day holy, but they watch NFL football. And we've talked about that in past broadcasts because it was Spencer W. Kimball who was pretty specific on how you can not keep the Sabbath day holy. And of course, in LDS theology, the Sabbath would be Sunday. And he lists a lot of things, which we concluded could easily be violated based on the behavior of most people, and and I would assume even many Latter-day Saints. Yeah, you're right. So how would you know that? How would you know that the person sitting next to you has kept the Sabbath day holy, at least within the guidelines of the interpretation given by 12th President Spencer W. Kimball. Bill, his third point in things that defile us, the land, the temple, is being in a state of disease, Leviticus 13.46. How to stay holy? Keep yourself healthy, uh, D&C 89, which is the word of wisdom. How many uh, Latter-day Saints are walking in, but maybe had a cup of coffee that past week? Are they defiled? Or not just a cup of coffee, but let's say was eating meat outside of a time where it's extremely cold or there's a famine. See, these are the words that are put in section 89, and we're just trying to understand how are these words to be understood so that we can clearly get a representation of what Joseph Smith meant when he said it, or what modern Latter-day Saints are saying now, or even Gordon B. Hinckley, what he meant in this particular talk. Or we could go so far as to say, well, what does Oak Norton really believe regarding these things? Another one, touching on cleanness, uh, Leviticus 5.3, including dead bodies, Numbers 19.13. I think most Latter-day Saints are going to say, well, I haven't touched anything unclean or, or, or I've touched a dead body. Well, the, the answer is keep physically clean. But again, who's doing the interpreting on, on what does it mean to be physically clean? And we live in Utah, and there are a lot of mortuaries in the state of Utah where you have probably members of the church, touching dead bodies, how long does that uncleanness go for, and how would they be unclean from that? You see, there were ceremonies that the Jews had for a lot of these things, and I don't know of any ceremonies that a Latter-day Saint has to go through. Do they just merely say, okay, I touched a dead body this morning, and I'm going through the temple tonight, but I'm just sorry for what I did earlier? No, you wouldn't be sorry because that's your job. So you're not going to repent of that, you would think. I think sometimes when Mr. Norton is comparing Old Testament passages and trying to give it a New Testament nuance, I think it comes short in areas like this, because Latter-day Saints don't really hold to a lot of these positions. For instance, they don't put to death anyone who defiles the Sabbath, taken from Exodus 31.14. I'm sure if someone went into a temple with sniffles, maybe coughing, and didn't realize that they were coming down with something more serious— Would that be a violation of Leviticus 13.46 that he lists? Well, I think the important thing we're seeing here is you're supposed to keep the commandments. In fact, he uses that phrase three different times. Wickedness defiles the land, which then rejects its inhabitants. Uh, Keep the commandments. Uh, Murder, the land is defiled and requires the blood of the murderer to be made holy again. Numbers 35.33. The answer, keep the commandments. Again, who's doing the judging on this? And how many people, Bill— who are defiled will defile the entire temple. That's a question that I don't think we have been able to discover. Uh, I, I would think it would be one, one person who goes through defiling it. And then the question is, 
How does it get undefiled? These are words that they are using. I'm just trying to understand how they understand those words. Mr. Norton, I I give him credit, he's trying to understand it himself. Like when he says, don't eat meat of beasts that die of themselves or are killed by other animals, Leviticus 22.8, he says how that applies now would be eat clean foods prepared with holiness of heart. Well, wouldn't that tend to say that you better be cautious if you go to a restaurant? You don't know who it is that's preparing your food. Did they prepare that food with a holiness of heart? Did your wife prepare your dinner with a holiness of heart if she has harbored some feelings against you that may be unjust that she hasn't shared with you? I don't know. Again, we're just trying to understand this from an LDS perspective. He does talk about keeping the commandments, ordinances, and covenants. But yet, when we talk to Latter-day Saints, they usually are pretty open about the fact that they do often violate their covenants. Why else would they have a need to repent? And when we ask Latter-day Saints, do you find yourself having to repent? We've had some Latter-day Saints say, all the time, which obviously means they're not keeping the commandments and they're not keeping their covenants. They've gone outside of that covenant path. I think with this list by Mr. Norton, though, I think he's trying to be fair and, and even seems to uh, conclude that there are a lot of people who are defiling themselves and the temple when they participate in the LDS temple ceremony. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.